to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. As leaders in business, we are often presented with a lot of opportunities. And it's important for us to learn how and when to capitalize on those opportunities. And of course, we also have to know when to let those things go by that may actually be distractions to who we are and to our, to our core business and fundamentally what we want to do. Um, but oftentimes, when you go back and you listen to the story of entrepreneurs and of, and of leaders, uh, you'll find that there was an opportunity presented, that they recognized an opportunity at some point that really changed and guided the direction of their career and ultimately led to the success that they've experienced. This week's episode, uh, the guest that we have has been in exactly that situation, Uh, not exactly what he was planning for, not the direction he thought he was going to go, but an opportunity presented itself and through capitalizing on that has generated a, a great deal of success for him. So, Really looking forward to to having David share his story with you and uh, seeing how you can relate and then understanding and identifying the opportunities that may come along for you through the course of your career as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure you hit the subscribe button so you get the latest content. Also, uh, if you have any questions or if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd like to have on please let us know. You can reach out at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint podcast and uh, very excited about our guest this week. Um, really interesting kind of career journey and, and, and uh, the evolution of that and uh, where it's brought him today and, and the way he's able to um, you know, there's there's a concept. I think Dave Ramsey really has made it famous. The idea that if your vocation is like vacation, you're on vacation the rest of your life. And I feel like David uh, has found a way to do some of that. So, um, so really looking forward to to hearing some of this, David. As we get started, why don't you walk us through, kind of talk us through your history, your experience, and what's ultimately led your career journey to where you are now. Thank you so much for the introduction, Kyle. And what I will say is uh, my, my background, it all begins in Kentucky, where I was born and raised, where I know you're recording uh, right now. I'm actually in Brooklyn, New York, uh, recording and calling in remotely. But yeah, I'm, I'm a born and raised Kentuckian, which is interesting. Uh, and I find it to be a rarity up here in, in the New York <laughs> entrepreneurial space. But mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy it because I think it gives me a different perspective and uh, keeps me a little bit grounded because, you know, New York is not the end all be all. There's there's a big, big whole country outside of this uh, teeny tiny island in, in many ways. But yeah, I was born and raised in Kentucky. Um, went to a boarding school in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, actually for, for high school, just to kind of start exploring some different opportunities. Uh, went to Harvard University for my undergrad, really wanted to be a journalist, actually. That was kind of my, my passion. Writing, didn't really know how exactly I wanted to be involved in writing, but started off my career as a journalist after college, writing for Fortune.com, did some writing for Forbes.com, Slate.com. Uh, and kind of during that time when I was, was writing and trying to explore the journalism space, was offered a position helping build an editorial team at a health and fitness content startup. And health and fitness was something I was passionate about. I was a competitive weightlifter at the time. And so I thought it could kind of blend an interest I had with, with my career at a time when I was 
excited to take a risk in my career. You know, I was young. I didn't have a family to support. I was like, yeah. oh, cool. I'll go work for a startup for a while. That really turned into a career in health and fitness content, fitness content specifically was there for a number of years. Spent a number of years after that consulting for companies. So companies big and small, Fortune 500 companies down to startups who were interested in blending fitness and content. Could be uh, gyms that were marketing their services, needed content direction and marketing behind that. Could be a big tech company that wanted to release a wearable or some kind of fitness-related item that needed uh, framing and experience in, in helping to do that. Also did a little writing for the CrossFit Games website, made some connections there. And Barbend, what I do today, came about because I was I was consulting at the time. I was on the road most of the year, really like more than half the time I, I felt like I was on the road um, consulting and doing these different projects. And Barbend was uh, born out of what I always wanted, which was a, a website and, and really now media company that consolidated strength sports, news, analysis, opinion, anything in powerlifting, weightlifting, CrossFit, things where people lift barbells or heavy weights competitively. I wanted a resource for that. It didn't really exist. I also wanted an excuse to kind of replant my roots in New York and stick around here and stop traveling around so much. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was connected with my co-founders. We were actually working on a different content project for a University of California uh, school system at the time. Yeah. Brought the idea to them. They said, this is great. Let's, uh, let's bootstrap it. Let's get it going. And that was in early 2016. So Barbin's about four years old now. And uh, we've grown from three guys and a blog to, uh, to an actual media company, or at least we, we think an actual media company these mm-hmm. days. So very fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that that really is cool. I think one of the things that I, I love about the story is um, you know, the the shift that was made, sort of that pivot that was, although natural, because um, you know, as you talk through the story, you know, there's kind of these obvious entry points and these different things, but in reality, um, someone that's let's say you know 18 years old and going to Harvard for a degree in journalism isn't probably thinking, yeah, because in you know, 10 years, naturally, I'm going to be the co-founder and uh, editor for a health and fitness uh, company. So, you know, the way that that you that <laughs> has evolved over time, uh, I think is really interesting. I guess one of the questions that I would have in that is, um, what was it that led you from, because, you know, we all have these ideas that, that we see this this gap in the market, this thing that we would like to see, you know, we, and so to your point, you saw this space and said, you know, there's really not kind of a single directory or, or database or repository for information, uh, around, um, strength and fitness. And, uh, I would like to have that as I'm out, you know, traveling the world and doing my thing. I think others would too. So how are you able to go from the idea that, yes, this is something I would like to have to, you know what, I think we actually can build a model and a business around this in a way that other people want to experience it as well. I mean, that, that's a big leap of faith uh, as you made that decision. Yeah, I, I think that one challenge for any media company is figuring out revenue sources and, and diversifying revenue sources over time. And we did bootstrap our band for about the first year. We ended up raising a round of uh, seed funding, um, call it around a year in roughly, uh, you know, I, I won't the timeline is a little, uh, I have to go back and look at the calendar and everything for the exact timeline. Um, but for us, the most important thing was proving that there was an audience. And I think that's why for the first year we wanted to concentrate on building that audience, building traction, seeing if we could get traffic, growth on social platforms, et cetera. That was really important for us mm-hmm. because we knew there were products and services in the space. Look, I was a competitive weightlifter. 
Um, you know, I've been passionate about CrossFit. I know so many people passionate about strength sports and did before Barben. And they were spending money. They were spending money in the space. Supplements, workout clothes, uh, weightlifting shoes, belts. You know, there was a lot of purchasing intent. Um, you know, ebooks, things like that. There was a lot of purchasing intent. There was money to be made in the space. And there are many ways a media company can monetize. We do sponsored content. We do on-site advertising. You know, you, monet- you get enough traffic, you monetize that. That's kind of right. step one for many websites and in many ways was for us. We monetize our videos on YouTube. We can monetize our audience a lot of different ways. Reviews, affiliate links, there are a lot of different ways to monetize. And um, for us, it was, I, I think that we could have concentrated on some of those sooner than we did. And, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But at the same time, proving that there was an audience, once we proved that, we were like, okay, there's enough money exchanging hands in this space. There's enough purchase intent in this space that advertisers, brands, companies are going to want a piece of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense. And I commend you for, uh, for making that jump and, and, um, and working through that. I think the other thing, though, too, that's it's good for people to hear and understand is that one of the things you've done continually through the course of your career is when you've seen an opportunity, you've... Um, you've jumped at it. So, you know, not only whenever, you know, we talk about as you graduate, you know, you, you have an opportunity, you're doing some writing for some, um, uh, you know, large business entities, but then having the opportunity to, to migrate into health and fitness. Well, it'd been easy to stay in the lane that you were in, but to make that migration, um, from there, uh, developing a media and content company. Um, you've built relationships with some great people. You know, I know just as an example, you know, looking at CrossFit, which has allowed you to do some color commentating, which has then opened up doors and opportunities for some voiceover. You know, there's, there's sort of these constant, Hey, here's an opportunity. I'm going to go pursue that. One of the things that I, I, you know, talk to people a lot about and, and try to help them understand the difference between an opportunity and a distraction. You know, we have certain things that that we mm. are focused on that we've got to grow and build and that kind of our primary role. So what's what's kind of the filter that you've used over the years to mm. understand and decide whether you are looking at the face of an opportunity or something that's going to be a distraction that may actually prevent you from reaching other goals that you have out there? Well, I will say, first off, I am not necessarily good at that. And we've taken Barben in a lot of different directions that we've had to pull back on. And I've personally taken my life in a lot of different directions I've had to pull back on and realize that wasn't worth the time and energy investment in hindsight. Yeah. No one's perfect at picking out those opportunities, besides maybe Warren Buffett, the great investor. Yeah, he's figured it out. He's figured something out, right? It's kind of like investing. You can invest your capital. You can invest your time. You can invest your emotional capital. Mm-hmm. You can invest your social capital. There are a lot of different ways we utilize our resources as humans, and life's about deciding how we best allocate those and use those, right? And try and build up certain other resources, not to get too meta or philosophical. <laughs> but I think that one interesting thing is New York, a reason I moved to New York you know, 10 years ago, call it little, little nine years ago, I guess, mm-hmm. was because I thought it was a place where opportunities turned into other opportunities and you could kind of keep them cycling and one door open and then open three other doors and you could, you could yeah. meet people and do things and, and kind of explore and take a circuitous path or an indirect route. And I do think that's something that, so to answer your question, I don't have a great playbook for how to pick those opportunities, but I like having the option of doors opening and having opportunities and meeting people that can kind of cycle into other relationships and opportunities. Yeah. I thought when I moved to New York nine years ago, it was the place to do that. And I think it very much was. I think New York is still a fantastic place to do that. Actually, it might be 
you might have too many opportunities open up because <laughs> you meet one person in New York and suddenly it feels like you've met a hundred. Yeah. Um, if you, if you go about it with that intent, but with right. the advent of more connected systems, devices, what we're doing right now, we wouldn't have been doing this 10 years ago, recording a remote right. podcast from That's Kentucky right. to Brooklyn. Like what? It's crazy, mm-hmm. but it's cool. And it's there. And I've met so many people, even through the podcasting space, mm-hmm. some of whom I've never actually met in person, quarantine, notwithstanding, never met in person. Um, who have presented me with opportunities and I've tried to present them with opportunities and connected them with other people that they've then collaborated with. So I think that more than ever, we're able to do that remotely. I don't necessarily think it's where you're located these days. I think New York still gives us an advantage, but you know, you live in Owensboro, Kentucky, and how many people do you meet every single week? And some of those relationships turn into other relationships right. and other opportunities. I don't know the best way to pare those down. I don't know the best way or the best formula to like figure out which is most worth your time. But what I will say is that if you want to have those shots on goal, it's easier to do that than it ever was before. It's easier to do that than from anywhere than it was before. And given a post COVID-19 world, what that might work look like with more remote work and more, more remote connectivity, um, geographical placement might, might be even less important yeah. in opening those doors. Yeah, I, and I would agree with that. I think we've already seen a uh, noticeable shift, even over the last, I'm going to say probably five years, as these technologies have been more and more common, um, that uh, that the world has gotten smaller and smaller, and the way we're able to connect with people, use those connections to benefit. I mean, even some you know tools as, as simple as LinkedIn, um, but then you compound mm-hmm. that with video conferencing and you compound that with podcasting and you compound that with all these other things that we have available to us that allow us to stay connected and, and meet experts in different areas that maybe can fill a space or fill a gap that we have a need for or know someone that does. Um, and I think that you're exactly right there, David, that as we as we see um, whatever the new normal will look like, um, those that are able to effectively incorporate these types of technologies, I think are going to come out of this stronger with more opportunities, whether it be more, you know, client opportunities, more relationship opportunities, um, more business opportunities, whatever it is. I think that there will be more opportunities that come out of this simply because we've normalized so much of this technology that has been able to keep us connected. And, uh, and I think that's going to make a difference in how, um, how we connect and see the world. And so I think you've got a great point there. And, and um, you know, it's valuable for people to understand that there will be opportunities out there. We've just got to figure out which ones we want to attack, which ones we need to set to the side. But um, but maybe don't keep setting them all to the side to the point that you miss out on either something really fun that you want to do or something that, that you know, is just a, a truly a, a challenge that's outside of your box that will push you or stretch you just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, you know, talking about kind of your journey and, and, and some of the shifts and some of the things that you've been involved with, um, obviously real passion of yours is in the fitness space. And mm-hmm. a lot of the people that are listening are, um, you know, coming at life from, from a business perspective. Um, one of the things that, uh, that can be a challenge sometimes in the business environment is balancing out, uh, you know, physical activity, yeah. physical fitness, and what we are doing in, in the business world. So many entrepreneurs are so driven in their industry that by the time they add that and, you know, personal life and uh, a family, um, that physical side seems to be one that's easy to 
fall off the radar. So w- what are your thoughts on that? And, and how do we stay focused in those types of areas of our life? What's the value and importance of it? Well, it's, it's a fantastic question and it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I work out a lot less than I used to. Yeah. And my fitness circumstances are a lot different than they used to be. And that's okay. I think yeah. finding the routine and finding the balance that works for you and that is sustainable is great. I going too intensely at anything can be unhealthy, right? Yeah. Uh, for example, you know, we cover a lot of the most accomplished strength athletes in the world. Yeah. But is being a world is having your goal to be a world record holding power lifter the healthiest thing in the world? Probably not. Everything in moderation, right? You right. sacrifice other parts of your well-being, emotional, societal, physical, right. social, you know, uh, I already mentioned social, for that, right? Yeah. Finding the balance that is sustainable for you and where you feel like you are accruing more value from your body, from your relationships, from your work, that's important. Mm-hmm. For some people, working out a few times a week for a short duration gets them great results and it helps improve their well-being and they sleep better. That's awesome. And that's great. They don't need to necessarily go and spend two hours in the gym five days a week. That's right. not what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And I do think that, again, it's holistic, right? If you are working out so much or so intensely, for example, mm-hmm. that it's coming at the expense of your sleep schedule, well, that's not doing anyone any good, right? Because sleep right. is an important part of well-being and it's an, yeah. it's an important part of exercise recovery. So I think it's about finding balance and understanding that that balance will shift over time as your priorities shift over time. Mm-hmm. And keep that in mind because I think that oftentimes it's very easy when you get busy on a project or something like that, or your circumstances change. For example, COVID, our circumstances change. I can't get yeah. to the gym anymore. Right. It was, it was, I was tempted to be like, oh, I'm just going to stop working out for two months. <laughs> but, you know, I transitioned my fitness routine to being at home based mm-hmm. exercises and workouts. I'm spending less time training and I'm not training as intensely. I've lost some strength. I can't deadlift as much as I did before this, sure. but I've actually improved my mobility. And I've improved my endurance and endurance in a lot of body weight movements because I've been focusing on movement quality. Um, so I might come out of this a more balanced individual. And I actually feel better just walking around because I'm focused so much on my mobility and doing a lot more yoga and stuff like that, which is great, right? So circumstances change, balance changes, and don't think that it's all or nothing. Oh, I can't work out <coughs> like I used to, or I can't do what I used to. Right. I'm just going to remove that from my life. No, yeah. it's okay to shift. And I think that understanding that things shift, but you don't have to drop things entirely is what allows us to keep them in the priority lane instead of just giving up. How many people do you know who said, oh, I used to go to the gym and I was in great shape and then I just stopped because I got a new job or I moved or something like that. Well, that's a lot of progress lost and that's a lot of balance lost. Maybe we change the mindset to, okay, my circumstances change and this is going to be lower on the totem pole for me priority wise, but it's still going to be there. And that little bit is better than quitting cold turkey. Right, right. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I think that's a great point. And the other thing that I would uh, kind of bring up is, um, you know, if you're in a situation where you're not doing anything to your point, maybe it's a lower priority, but at least it is on the list. And uh, sometimes just knowing that we're doing something to move ourselves forward, to have some balance. And I love that. I think that's a great way to think about it. Um, you know, that if we're spending 80 hours a week at work and then we go home and we're exhausted, tired, and our family feels the impact of that, and, uh, and then we're not doing anything physically or mentally or emotionally to recharge and, and uh, benefit our bodies, um, then we 
we're just not balanced. Life's not balanced. And, um, and you know, our, our bodies feel the impact of that. The people around us feel the impact of that. So look for ways to uh, incrementally start putting some things into your routine uh, to keep, keep life balanced, keep yourself balanced. So um, that's, great. that's so well said. I'm going to, st- I'm going to steal that. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Go for it. Um, and of course I, I do want to plug, you know, obviously resources like Barbend, uh, although, you know, geared more, as you say, towards people that are, are um, really focused in uh, kind of the strength um, uh, space, but really, you know, those that are, that, that want good information on um, the types of supplements that are out there, those that want good information on uh, the, the types of equipment that are out there that um, can maybe help motivate you a little bit because you can't use the excuse that these aren't the right shoes for this workout. Um, or maybe mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, I need to kind of take it to the next step. I'm, I'm working out with what I've got, but I really need some higher level equipment. I need something that's a little bit better. It's a great resource to be able to use uh, things like this to, to understand what you need to do and also some great, you know, just workouts and exercise guides depending on what your goals are. Um, so it's a great just resource to be able to lean into depending on what you're trying to do. So um, David, before we head out of here, tell us, you know, how can we learn more about you, learn more about Barbend uh, and, and the things that you're doing out there right now? Well, thanks so much for the opportunity to, uh, to, to promote that and to mention that, Kyle. I really do appreciate that. Uh, the best thing is to visit barbend.com, B-A-R-B-E-N-D. Follow us on social media platforms. We're at Barbend or at Barbend News, but at Barbend, you'll, you'll be able to find us. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm on Instagram at David Thomas Tao. That's T-A-O, Tao, David Thomas Tao. And on Twitter at D underscore Tao. I love hearing from people. I love connecting with folks, whether you're interested in fitness or business or content, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I love meeting new people. So feel free to reach out. Good. Well, David, thank you. I really appreciate your willingness to share with others, you know, just kind of what your journey has looked like and how that has shifted and, um, and uh, found a space in the market that you can fill and help others. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for those resources and for the information. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing with us today. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit KyleGorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you and you can reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.